The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Beathard over the middle, complete touchdown Iowa. Ray Hamilton, a little parting gift for the Hawkeye fans. Oh, Beathard put this ball on the money in between two guys, and Hamilton made a great catch. It That ball hit him right between the numbers. Extra point good, and it's 45-21 to 21 for Tennessee. Welcome into Quick Hits on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin. January 2nd, the Iowa Hawkeyes faced off against the Tennessee Volunteers in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. Iowa came limping into the bowl, losing its final two games to Wisconsin and Nebraska in overtime, while Tennessee was on the upswing, winning three of its final four games, including a rivalry game, the final week over Vanderbilt on the road. Iowa trending down at 7-5, and five, with Tennessee trending up at 6-6. Six and six. Makes for an interesting bowl matchup. Kirk Ferentz led the Hawkeyes to the 12th bowl of his tenure, having a respectable 6-5 and five bowl record. 46-year-old Butch Jones on the other hand, for the Volunteers, is only in his second season in Knoxville. The big Hawkeye storyline heading into this contest was the quarterback situation, conundrum, controversy, whatever you want to call it. Junior Jake Rudock started every game, but won all season. He missed the Purdue game with an injury. Sophomore C.J. Beathard, whom Rudock beat out for the job in 2013 and again in 2014, was the most popular man on campus and on message boards between Hawkeye fans. They wanted to change. Beathard was in an NFL caliber arm and spins the ball better than Rudock, and the team is losing. So the fans are obviously going to find something to clamor about to make matters worse though for the coaching staff. All season long, they've been saying, we have two good quarterbacks, and they'll both play. They hadn't really both played all season. Then, the week leading up to CJ's, leading up to the game, CJ's dad, Casey Beathard, went on record in the Tennessee, in the newspaper in Tennessee. His quote was, we'll see how the bowl game goes, and go from there. Ultimately saying that how the bowl game goes could determine what CJ does next season. Will he transfer? He would be a junior if he were to transfer. This caused seismic activity in the Iowa fan base. Many fans want Beathard to start. Him transferring would obviously alter that reality. Biggest storyline going into the game, it didn't matter. The game got ugly quick. Rudock started the contest. He played in five series to Beathard's nine. We'll get into the stats here quickly um, in a little bit. I know the majority of people listening to this podcast on Hawkeye's Mike are Iowa fans, and we really appreciate your support and listening. That said, I'll spare you the details for the most part today. Tennessee led 21-0 at the end of the first quarter. Two Jalen Hurd touchdown scores and a halfback pass from the running back. Marlon Lane to Vic Wharton, 21-0 Vols. Beathard did come in in the game in the second series to lead the Hawkeyes down the field five years. Yards, but a fruitless fourth down turned the ball over for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Mark Weissman, again, they gave the ball to him in short yardage on third and fourth down, and Iowa isn't able to uh, capitalize. Now, look, I was at TCF Bank Stadium when the Hawkeyes fell to Minnesota 51-14 to on November 8th. This seemed worse, though. How would Iowa respond in the second quarter? They're down 21 nothing. Tennessee began the period with a good drive, capped with a Josh Dobbs scamper for eight yards to pay dirt 28 to nothing. Uh-oh, Hawkeye fans. One of the most telling things as to how this mess was a occurring for Iowa is the, this following little nugget. Tennessee's first third down of the game was with 8.30 remaining in the second quarter. Not first down conversion on third down, third down period. 8.30 remaining in the second quarter. That's bad. Iowa got the ball back just over eight minutes left in the half when Beathard navigated them 71 yards on nine plays, including a couple nice passes to Kevontae Martin-Manley and a 16-yarder to Matt Vandenberg on first down. The series was capped off with a Mark Weissman touchdown from three yards out. The score is Weissman's 31st of his career. That moves him one closer to the record of 33 held by Cedric Shaw and Tavian Banks. Weissman would get another one in the fourth quarter, but he did wrap up his career in Iowa City short of tying the legendary Hawkeye combo of Banks and Shaw. 
I would be remiss here only uh, because this will come up at some point to not mention C.J. Beathard's INT on this drive. It was negated due to pass interference, but it was a pretty poor decision followed up by a poorly thrown pass, bailed out, helped out by the penalty, whatever you want to say about it. Other than that play, though, Beathard looked really good on this possession. I think a lot of Hawkeye fans believe that if Beathard were to have started last season or this season, he would be in better shape at this point um, for whatever reason. You can make the contrary argument, though, that Rudock started last year and this year, and he's regressed. A lot of people think that. These guys are very similar. It's, you know, you're choosing eggshell over white. That's how this works. And a lot of Hawkeye fans believe that one quarterback should start over the other. I'm not going to have that debate here. We will hear from Kirk Ferentz on this situation here in a little bit. But that wasn't the reason Iowa lost in the bowl game. And it wasn't the reason Iowa lost a lot of football games this season. So the score pulls Iowa down 28 to 7, 343 left in the half. Dobbs takes over the Tennessee 25, nine plays, 75 yards later. Josh Jobs to Von Pearson for 19 for the score, 35 to 7 at halftime. I don't think I need to do any further analysis here. I was getting their butts kicked. I think it's pretty simple. And, you know, at halftime, you're looking at a 35-7 lead for Tennessee. Iowa fans, you're confused. You don't know what's happening. Iowa can't tackle. Iowa can't play defense. They can't move the ball. They can't put the ball in the end zone. Special teams is bad. There was a really bad play in this game where Jonathan Parker fielded a kickoff, and he threw the ball in bounds. It was an illegal forward pass as he's falling out of bounds. One of the eeriest, craziest plays I think I've ever seen. Uh, once this, once the year is over, you'll see that on one of the biggest blunders probably of 2015 for the Hawkeyes. And you know what? Things are bad. 35-7. to 7. We will go ahead and get into the second half, and we'll get you the stats. And we'll also hear from Kirk Ferentz, senior Carl Davis, and Quentin Alston on the defensive side of the ball as well. This is Quick Hits on Hawkeyes, Mike. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin. We'll be back after this quick break. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Welcome back into Quick Hits on Hawkeyes, Mike. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin. We'll hear from Kirk Ferentz here coming up in a little bit, as well as senior defensive tackle Carl Davis and senior linebacker Quentin Alston um, on the Tax Slayer Bowl loss for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They did fall in the game 45-28 to the second half. Not much action in the third quarter. Tennessee just simply riding the lead, trying to get to that fourth quarter. You know, When you've got a 35-7 lead at the half, that's what you try to do. Iowa trying to inch back into the contest. They couldn't do it. They couldn't tackle. Josh Dobbs, the quarterback for Tennessee, having a very nice game. Picked up another touchdown carry from 11 yards out. Pretty much sealing the deal with, as the quarter kind of wrapped up. 42-7. to Volunteers lead. Fourth quarter epitomized garbage time for Iowa. Tennessee called off the dogs, really. Iowa was able to get a couple touchdowns to make the game look respectable, but in all, in all honesty, it wasn't. The first of those touchdowns, Mark Weissman from one yard out as the quarter opened with a Jake Rudock 10-yard scamper to set that up. Tennessee killed some clock. Kicker Aaron Medley banked through a 28-yard field goal to make it 45-14. to Bethard came back in. These guys pretty much split. Bethard had nine series. Rudock had five. Uh, Bethard played the majority of the game, though, for the most part, when the offense was clicking. Uh, Bethard hit senior tight end Ray Hamilton for 31 yards, two series later for the score. The touchdown to Hamilton was the pass immediately after the record breaker to Kevante Martin-Manley. Martin-Manley becoming the all-time passes caught leader at the University of Iowa, passing up Darrell Johnson-Culianos, who I think a lot of people were rooting for him to pass up DJK for that record. Kevante Martin-Manley finishing up his career with 175 
34 total receptions at Iowa. With just over a minute left, Beathard hit Matt Vandenberg for eight yards for the score as well, making it 45 to 28. That's your final from Jacksonville, Tennessee 45, Iowa 28. Now look, the score does not indicate how bad this game really was, and to be completely honest with you, a lot of the stats don't, because Iowa had a lot of stats and garbage time in the fourth quarter, but Tennessee dominated this football game. They were the better team on January 2nd in the Tax Slayer Bowl. So, let's get to some stats here before we hear from Kirk Ferentz and the two seniors on the defensive side of the ball. Final stats from the game, total yards for the Iowa Hawkeyes on the day, 421. Tennessee had 461. Iowa ran 66 plays. Tennessee ran 73 plays. First downs on the day, Tennessee had 27, Iowa had 23. Net yards rushing for the Hawkeyes, 244. Did not have a bad day on the ground. We'll get to Jordan Kinziri's stats here coming up shortly. Tennessee, 283 yards on the ground. Net yards passing, Iowa had 177, 15 for 31 with one touchdown, uh, one, one interception, two touchdowns on the day. Tennessee, 178 yards, just one better than the Hawkeyes, 17 of 22 with one interception. Also two touchdowns through the year for the Volunteers. A fumble on the day. Iowa had one. They lost one fumble on the day. Penalties. Both teams had four. Tennessee for 55 yards. Iowa for 37 yards. Punting Iowa six punts for 215 yards. Tennessee four for 149 yards. Interceptions. Each team had an interception on the day. Iowa had one for 37 yards. Tennessee one for seven. Third down conversions. Bad for the Hawkeyes. Three of 11. Tennessee a little bit better. Five of 12. Fourth down conversions. Both teams 0 for one. Red zone scores. Tennessee perfect. Five for five. Iowa Three of four on the day sacks. Iowa had one sack for three yards. All both teams were perfect on PATs. Four for four for the Hawkeyes. Six for six for Tennessee. Tennessee one for one from field goal. Uh, rushing for Tennessee, Hurd had 16 carries for 122 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Dobbs, the quarterback, 13 carries, 76 yards and two scores. Young had four carries for 25 yards. Howard two for 24. Lane had nine for 21. Summerhill had four for nine. Uh, Pearson had two for eight yards on the day. Passing, Josh Dobbs had a pretty decent day for the Vols, 16 of 21, one interception for 129 yards and one touchdown through the air, but he also had the two touchdowns on the ground. Von Pearson, seven catches for one touchdown for the Vols, leading the way, two catches for Howard for 29 yards, Wolf had two for nine, Johnson had two for eight, Hurd had two for four, uh, Vic Wharton had one for 49, the big touchdown on the day, and Malone had one for four. The Iowa Hawkeyes stats rushing, not a bad day though for Jordan Kanziri, 12 carries for 129 yards. Zero touchdowns for the junior on the day, though. C.J. Beathard, uh, quarterback for the game, eight carries for 82 yards on the day. Jake Rudock, two carries for 22 yards. Mark Weissman, seven carries for 10 yards, but he also had two touchdowns on the day. LaShun Daniels, one carry for seven yards. He's healthy now. Akram Wadley had three touches for one yard. Macon Pleva, one for one. And Jonathan Parker had one carry for one yard. The quarterback battle for the Hawkeyes, two for eight for 32 yards. This is Jake Rudock in five possessions. C.J. Beathard, 13 of 23 with two touchdowns, 145 yards, and one interception for Beathard in nine possessions. Receiving two guys leading the way for the Hawkeyes. Ray Hamilton, the tight end, three catches for 51 yards and one touchdown. Kimonte Martin-Manley, three catches for 23 yards. No touchdowns on the day. Tavon Smith, two catches, 37 yards. Being severely underutilized, in my opinion, that's Tavon Smith. Matt Vandenberg, two catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Kinsery out of the backfield, two, two grabs for 13 yards. Andrew Stone, one catch for 15 yards. Uh, Stone saw a lot of playing time in the bowl game, by the way. Uh, something to watch for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Jacob Hillier, one catch for eight. Damon Powell, 
Campbell had one catch for minus four yards. Punting Dylan Kidd, four punts, 128 yards, the 32-yard average. His long was 38, zero inside the 20. Connor Cornbrath, two for 87. That's 43.5-yard average for Cornbrath. He had a long of 48 on the day. Kickoffs, Marshall Kane had five for 149 and one touchback. That's an average of 29.8 on kickoffs. Returns, Matt Vandenberg had one punt return for five yards. Kickoff returns, a problem for the Iowa Hawkeyes on the day. Jonathan Parker led the way. He had four for 56 total yards, but he did have that blunder, uh, which Iowa was able to avoid because of the penalty for the um, forward pass, illegal forward pass on the day. Defensive stats for the Hawkeyes tackling Josie Jewell leading the way with his career day. Uh, 14 tackles for the sophomore. Quentin Alston, he had 11 tackles. He also had recorded half of a sack, half of a uh, tackle for loss. Desmond King had 10 tackles, one tackle for loss, one interception for 37 yards return for sophomore Desmond King. John Laudermilk in his senior season, his last game, 8 tackles. Jordan Lomax matching that with 8 tackles. Maurice Fleming got a lot of playing time, 5 tackles for Fleming. Ben Neiman, 4 tackles. Louis Trinkopassat, he had four tackles. Bo Bauer had three tackles. Bo Bauer also was in there for a tackle for loss. Nate Meyer, three tackles. Uh, Julio Johnson got in there for three tackles. Uh, He had half a sack as well, recording that with Quentin Alston. Carl Davis, two tackles. Drew Ott, two tackles. Greg Maben, a tackle. Miles Taylor, a tackle. Austin Blythe, a tackle. Reggie Spearman and Sean Draper, both with one tackle on the day. There you have it. The Iowa Hawkeyes falling in the Tax Slayer Bowl in 2015 to Tennessee, 45 to 28. Now, I want to play a couple clips here from a couple of the senior leaders on the defensive side of the ball, as well as the overall leader, Kirk Ferentz, in this game. And I want to start with Carl Davis. And Carl Davis, after the game, you know, it's been a roller coaster year for him. It's been a roller coaster career for Carl Davis. He came into Iowa as a really pudgy kid it wasn't all that wasn't all that athletic I guess he was a big kid he was a strong kid and he's really toned himself himself down he's gotten in better shape and I think it's been great for the senior um you, you got to feel bad for a guy like this because he's worked his butt off and you know he said this after the game he, he wasn't really sure what happened because he said they practiced their asses off getting going into the bowl game I can't even tell you I don't know why we practice our asses off you know but just didn't show up you know I feel like everybody played hard but you know it just wasn't there today there's Carl Davis on a bull prep and practicing leading up to the tax slayer loss to Tennessee. Now, let's get back to the topic at hand that a lot of people want to talk about. And I'm not real sure why, because you're looking at a quarterback in C.J. Beathard and a quarterback in Jake Rudock are both very similar. They're both pass first, run second quarterbacks. They both have decent arms. Beathard has a better arm. Um, I think Rudock might be more accurate, maybe because we've seen Rudock more. Um, and that's, you know, a product of the program. We don't get to see him. Uh, those of us in the media don't get to see practices. We don't get you know, it's not open doors as it is at some other programs. But what we've seen from Rodak and Beathard is that they are very similar. And a lot of people want Beathard because Iowa has struggled. And I don't necessarily know if it's because the you know the quarterback position has struggled. Rudak had very similar numbers in his senior season to Ricky Stanzi's numbers in his senior season. Actually, he was better um, in completion percentage and quarterback rating and a touchdown to INT ratio. But a lot of people want to see Beathard because they don't like Rudak. They think he's a game manager. He's a check down guy. He looks to you know try to make the play low and not try to air it out, even though Iowa uh, had 31-plus plays downfield of 15 yards or more through the year with Rudock in there this season. Fans tend to ignore the stats for whatever reason. Here's what Kirk Ferentz said after the game about Rudock and Beathard. And let me get, go ahead and give you Rudock and Beathard's stats, uh, which I don't necessarily know if it really matters because Rudock only played in five series. Beathard only he played in nine. Uh, Rudock, two for eight for 32 yards. Terrible day. Beathard, 13 for 23, 145 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Most of his stats were in garbage time. Let's be honest here. He had, he had two touchdowns in the final quarter when Tennessee had called off the dogs. I don't think you can evaluate these guys after this bowl game. And that's 13 games out in this season that I don't think we can evaluate it at this point. And Kirk Francis asked about this after the game. He said the plan 
was to play two quarterbacks, and evaluation is rather tough after a game like this. Yeah, I think uh, both our plan was to play both of them, as we said uh, consistently in you know, the last uh, seven days or whatever it would have been. So, uh, you know, I think they both did some good things. They both had some uh, down plays, too. That's part of it. And, and really, the way the game got early, it's uh, you know, stuff to evaluate in a, a real uh, you know, great fashion. But uh, we'll, we'll go back and look at it and go from there fan noise. Kirk Ferentz has addressed this in the past, and fans talk. They like to talk because, you know, the armchair quarterback is the smartest quarterback, according to a lot of people, and, you know, Kirk Ferentz gets paid to make these decisions, and these players get at, get scholarships to come in and make these plays, and you know, play football for Iowa, and fan noise is going to always be present, and, you know, a lot of times I feel bad for these kids, because they don't, you know, they don't ask for it, but at the same time, that's the case here. So, I want you to listen real closely to how Quentin Alston, the senior linebacker, who I think really got kind of a raw deal. Um, I don't think he's a great linebacker. He's not going to ever go down as you know even a, even a good linebacker at Iowa because I think a lot of people are going to forget about him because of the development of Chris Kirksey and Anthony Hitchens and James Morris um, when Alston was there. But I want you to listen to this clip and tell me what your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Quentin Alston approaching fan noise? He's saying people are going to talk. Media is going to write about whatever they want. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him. Here's what here's what Alston has to say. I mean, we never. I mean, when you first get here, Coach Ferentz always says people are going to talk. That's what they do. You know, fans talk. Uh, you know, you guys are going to write whatever you want anyway. So, uh, you know, you just got to annoy the noise, regardless if it's good, bad, or indifferent. You got to just trust our coaches. Only focus on what we're what we're doing in our building, and you know, just continue to work forward, learn the game plan, and go out there and execute. So. Iowa falling forty-five to twenty-eight to Tennessee in the Tax Slayer Bowl in twenty fifteen, and after the game in the post-game news conference. Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, who always does a fantastic job asking questions and trying to get you know get the story here. Uh, really, really like following Mark. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Morehouse, and you can follow along with him also at the uh, at the Gazette dot com, Cedar Rapids Gazette. He asks Kirk Ferentz about the temperature in Iowa City. And you listen to this clip from Ferentz, and you're going to hear Mark as well asking the question post game of the Tax Slayer Bowl. Take take this how you will. I'm just going to go ahead and play the clip. Kirk, uh, Mark Morales, Cedar Rapids Gazette, yeah. over here in the left. Uh, uh, are you aware of the temperature outside of the program, and how do you react to that? Single digits in Iowa this week, I heard about that. You want to be more specific? I'm serious. Uh, people calling for you being fired, uh, emptying the roster, hating everybody, mm-hmm. and that kind of temperature. Yeah, I mean, we had a coach uh, to the west of us that's won a lot of football games that got fired, so that's, you know, it's... If you're in this profession, that's part of the deal. And uh, you know, if I'm just sitting around listening, listening to uh, you know the, the temperature, reading the temperature on the outside, really, really, I think what I need to do is probably just take the energy that I can uh, can put towards the job and put it uh, on our improvement. And that's, that's typically what we've tried to do for 16 years. That answer the question. Kirk Ferentz wants to win. If you don't think he wants to win, I don't know what to tell you because you're wrong. I've been around him. I've been around the program, been around the players. They want to win. They want to be successful. And that's why he gets chippy there. You know, temperature in Iowa, you know, temperature in Iowa City is in the single digits. He, he's joking around a little bit. And maybe not the time or the place. And a lot of fans don't like Kirk Ferentz at this point in time because of that. Because he doesn't think that Kirk Ferentz is the man for the job. Well, before we wrap up, I want to play this final clip about Kirk Ferentz talking about their record this season. And if you if you listen to the undertones here, he's talking about expectations, about what Iowa is 
what Iowa has been and what they can be. Iowa seven and six this season. Here's what Kirk Ferentz had to say about where the program is currently at. Well, we're seven and six. You know, this is 2014. I know it's a 15 now. I know I had a missed New Year's, but we're seven and six. We've been seven and six before. We've been uh, four and eight. We've been uh, whatever, eleven and one, eleven and two. So, um, yeah. That's where we're at. Your record is what you said it is, or you are what your record says uh, you are, according to Bill Parcells. Pretty accurate description. And we're a team that came up short this year in several games. There you have it, folks. Iowa wraps up the 2014-2015 season with a 2015 Tax Slayer Bowl loss to Tennessee, 45-28. to Iowa wrapping up 7-6. and Iowa winning only seven games after a lot of fans believed or expected them to win 8, 9, maybe even 10 or 11 games this season. Not the case. So there you go. The 2014 season is in the rearview mirror. We'll hear from Kirk Ferentz coming up here in a few weeks, I think, in Iowa City uh, when they start talking about the offseason. And then we'll hear again from him in April when Iowa's getting ready for the spring game through spring practices and then again back in August when Iowa will kick things off with Illinois State at Kinnick Stadium that first week of the college football season. I want to thank everyone very much for listening to us here on Hawkeyes Mike all season long. We really appreciate you listening. We really enjoy bringing you all the coverage that we possibly can here on Hawkeyes Mike. A big thank you again to ESPN for the clip that led off this program. A big thank you to um, everyone for listening, everyone for tuning in. Continue to check out all the podcasts here at Hawkeyes Mike. Uh, We're going to continue to bring you more wrestling coverage, basketball coverage, and again next year in 2015, football coverage as well. This has been Quick Hits. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a terrific day. That broadcast school has really paid off. This has been a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike, LLC.